This season, we're launching a new episode of The Missing every week. But if you don't want to wait, all episodes are currently available completely ad-free on What's the Story Crime. Signing up is really easy. Just follow the link in our show notes. You're guaranteed to find your new favourite true crime listen. From con men to missing people, forensic investigations to miscarriages of justice, What's the Story Crime is the home for all true crime fans who want bingeable, addictive, crime-based content. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. This episode centres around a British family, but starts in Cold War Germany, 400 miles away. And it's a case which is every parent's worst nightmare. One moment, your child is in your sights. The next moment, they're gone. In this episode, we tell the story of Catrice Lee, a two-year-old child who simply vanished back in 1981. It's a case which has seen forensic searches in the UK and in Europe arrests, suspicions, and remarkable discoveries. The aim of this search is to find evidence that could finally shed light on what happened to Catrice Lee. It's a case where Catrice herself could still be out there, perhaps even unaware that she's missing. It's almost a 40-year mystery, and one that could still be solved. I think a lot of people, families of the missing, say you've almost got two lives. So you have the life that everyone sees, you have the life that, you know, you go to work, you pay your mortgage, you pay your bills, etc. Then you shut the door and you're the family of the missing. This is The Missing, Catrice Lee. Most of us have memories of being in the supermarket as a child, happily walking down the aisles, taking in the colours, the noise, perhaps spotting a toy or a biscuit on the shelf. Most of us have also experienced those moments of terror when we look up and couldn't see our mum or dad. We remember the cold panic that washes over us 
when we realised, however briefly, that we were lost and alone. The same feeling goes for any parent who's ever temporarily lost sight of their son or daughter during a shopping trip. The immediate fear, calling out their name, frantically searching the aisles. If you're a parent, you'll know exactly what I mean. In most cases, worry is short-lived, replaced by relief, and you hold your child's hand extra tight for the rest of the outing. But in some cases, that momentary nightmare is just the beginning. Tasha Lee vividly remembers a trip to the supermarket, almost 40 years ago now, on November the 28th, 1981. That shopping trip marked the last time anyone ever saw her two-year-old sister, Catrice. She just was a girl that vanished off the face of the earth, never to be seen again. Tasha had been born back in their hometown of Hartlepool, a port town in the north of England, but Catrice was born in a British military hospital in Germany. Tasha remembers the immediate thrill of becoming a big sister, and as Catrice got older, the bond between them grew. We were very much, like, definitely two sisters that loved each other dearly. I couldn't wait to get off the school bus to go and see her. She couldn't wait. She'd be stood, apparently, at the door waiting for me to come home. I just was so chuffed that I was the big sister, you know, I was going to be the protector. From around the age of one, Catrice developed a halo of Shirley Temple curls and a flamboyant personality to match. Very mischievous, very cheeky, a very clever for her age. I can always remember my dad saying how clever she was. It was November 1981. At that time, the Lee family were living in West Germany. Tasha and Catrice's dad was in the military and had been posted by his regiment to barracks in a city called Paderborn. The town was gearing up for Christmas. There were lights up in the street, Christmas songs playing on the radio and in the shops. But in the Lee household, the focus was very much on celebrating Catrice. November the 28th marked her second birthday and the whole family were planning to spoil her. The presents had been brought and wrapped and Sharon had made an orange jelly in a mould shaped like a rabbit, Catrice's favourite animal. Catrice's auntie Wendy and Uncle Cliff were visiting and they decided they needed some supplies to ramp up the party spirit. The plan was they'd go shopping that day, they'd collect party stuff, you know, crisps and things like that for Catrice to have, have like a tea party. Tasha, focused on the fun rather than the logistics, told her mum she didn't want to go to the supermarket. Instead, she was allowed to stay at home with her Uncle Cliff. Her mum, dad, Auntie Wendy and little Catrice climbed in the car to head to their local supermarket, a shop known as the Naffy. It was a supermarket designed for members of the British military and their families, stocked full of British goods, the thought being that it could give you a taste of home over the Christmas period. Tasha waved them goodbye from the window. Predictably, the Naffy was busy. It was the last payday before Christmas, and it was the only supermarket for miles which stocked British goods. There also happened to be an open day at the college adjacent to the store, so the Naffy car park was overflowing. Richard told the rest of the family to hop out at the doors while he continued to try and find a parking spot. Sharon, Auntie Wendy and Catrice hurried inside. 
mum said Catrice was being a little bit of a madam that day. She didn't want to go in the trolley. So my mum carried around the whole of the store in her arms. The sisters grabbed everything they needed, juice, fruit, some Christmas crackers. But when they got to the checkout, Sharon realised she'd forgotten the crisps. She put Catrice down next to Wendy, saying over her shoulder, I'll be two seconds. Keep an eye on her. The crisps were at the end of the food aisle, 30 seconds from the checkouts. But by the time Sharon returned to the conveyor belt, Catrice was no longer there. So my mum started running round the food hall shouting, Catrice, 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 where are you, Catrice? And there was nothing. In an instant, in a crowded supermarket, Catrice Lee had vanished from the sight of her mother and auntie. As Sharon's cries grew louder and more frantic, nearby shoppers began to notice. What was the commotion? The checkout staff stopped what they were doing. A hushed silence slowly rippled out across that end of the store. Catrice was gone. And with every second that passed, Catrice slipped further away. What happened next is a mystery, but there are some immediately plausible scenarios. Did Catrice wander off, her eyes attracted to something in the distance? Did she become disorientated and lost in the store? Well, when the store was subjected to an inch-by-inch inch search a little later, Catrice wasn't inside. So the question became, if Catrice left the store, did she leave alone or did someone take her? This was 1981. CCTV was in its infancy and there were no cameras in the supermarket or outside. And in those first minutes, vital opportunities were lost. Some shoppers were allowed to leave the store. People outside in the car park weren't stopped from driving away. Suspects, or simply witnesses, dozens of them left the supermarket before anyone could stop them. Within the first 24 hours of a missing person going missing, you need to get out there, you need to get the sniffer dogs out, you need to get the description out. But for us, we were failed um, on the day Catrice went missing absolutely terribly. And because of that failure, Catrice has never been found. But yet, as we're about to find out, there remains a belief that this is a disappearance that can still be solved. There have been breakthroughs in Catrice's case, and police in the UK, who are now investigating, believe it might take just one person to come forward to provide them with the evidence they need. The first theory to emerge was that Catrice had wandered out of the supermarket alone. Behind the Naffy supermarket is the River Leeper, a tributary which flows westward, eventually joining the Rhine near Wessel, some 180 kilometres away. Almost immediately, the military and German police suggested that that's where Catrice might have gone. But it was a theory that the Lee family, even in those first hectic few hours, were sceptical about. Catrice, just a toddler, would have had to make her way across a busy car park without being spotted by a passerby and without being hit by a car, before getting anywhere near the river. Even more doubt was cast on the police's theory when the family spoke to a local shepherd, who had tragically lost his own son to the river 
just a few years before. He said what the river takes, the river gives back. You know, if a body's lost at sea, it can take a few weeks sometimes for a body to surface. This would basically give it back within a couple of days. And um, it had sluice gates to it. And she could have or would have been caught up in one of those. But nothing, nothing was found. So the river didn't seem like a likely answer. If Catrice's body hadn't found its way to the sluice gates, then it was doubtful she'd fallen in the first place. Which then increased the odds that Catrice had been taken by someone else. The police disagreed and focused their efforts on the River Leaper. And despite the family's own military connections, they could not seem to generate any kind of urgent response in pursuing the other possibilities. It took over 48 hours to get any um, buy-in, if you like, from any of the authorities. They didn't close borders down because the borders were open. Obviously, we're in Germany, so Holland, Belgium, France. They didn't close any of the borders down. They didn't get the sniffer dogs out. They didn't do any searches because they believed that she'd fallen in the river and drowned, so it was an open and shut case. In 1981, the world was entrenched in the bitter Cold War, and the epicentre was the divided nation of Germany. There was little doubt that anyone targeting a child in the Naffy supermarket would know they were abducting someone British. So could Catrice's disappearance have been politically motivated, an act of retaliation against the British forces there? It was a theory that would certainly have been explored internally, but it wasn't a theory that made the press. In fact, pretty soon, the column inches dried up. The village of Schloss Neuhaus stopped reading about Catrice. Missing posters were taken down. The police case files began gathering dust in a drawer. But the Lee family had not given up. They dismissed the theory of Catrice drowning. So that meant they had to consider the other possible scenarios, that she'd been abducted and was living a life with another family, or that she'd been abducted and murdered. One piece of evidence they clung to was a single witness who claimed they'd seen a man bundling a child, possibly Catrice, into a green car in the Naffy car park. Remember that green car, because we'll revisit it later. But back in the 1980s, it was just one witness report that couldn't be corroborated. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. 
For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. In 2000, a new review of Catrice's case was launched. Fresh publicity a new appeal, and a new breakthrough. A German woman on her deathbed admitted to police that a British man she dated had once confessed to abducting, assaulting, and murdering a young girl and burying her remains by a riverbed. The man was ex-military. The story was too similar to the circumstances of Catrice's disappearance to ignore, and military police quickly moved to arrest him. He was in Northumberland, and he just said, I'll get my coat. This sounded suspicious to Tasha. And after extensive questioning, the police came to the conclusion that the man was a fantasist, and he was released without charge. It seemed that was that. Then, in 2012, the Royal Military Police launched another review, under the name Operation Butte. They released a photograph showing what a 31-year-old Catrice might look like. And they revealed that Catrice suffered from an eye condition that would have meant she'd have needed two surgeries on her left eye. They appealed to specialist eye doctors who could have performed the operations across Europe. We were both born with squints, or it could be known as lazy eye. So I've had two eye operations to correct it. So, I mean, Catrice will have needed at least two eye operations. Um, if she hasn't had the eye operations, there's every chance that her eye will have turned in quite considerably. Um, and I think my mum was told years ago that if I hadn't have had my eye corrected, I would have gone blind. So if Catrice was alive, they hoped the information about her eye could help find her. Officers planned to use the latest science and technology to see if there were answers or leads available to them now that weren't there decades earlier. They looked at the river currents, the weather, the layout of the towns surrounding the Naffy car park. They raked over old evidence in what was a thorough and comprehensive case review. And there, buried deep within the case files, was something the family of Catrice Lee didn't even know existed. This Operation Butte found a photo fit photo from 1981 that, was, that had been in the files since then that had never really been noticed or picked up on a photo fit of a possible suspect that had been in the file for more than 35 years. It showed a man, middle-aged, with a sweeping fringe and heavy build. 
If you want to take a look, we've posted it on our website, themissingpodcast.org. The file attached to this image said that a man matching the description was seen at the Naffy supermarket, carrying a child similar to Catrice, and getting into a green saloon car. Could this finally be the breakthrough they needed? Somebody had come forward and said they were in the army at that time and the day that Catrice went missing, they were driving past River Alma, going back to their married quarter and they'd seen a man in a green car parked by the River Alma and there was a guy coming up from the riverbed. A green car. Armed with this information, in 2018, the police made an announcement. The Royal Military Police this week have started an excavation of a site on uh, the bank along the River Alma. A team consisting of military personnel and civilian forensic experts are conducting a detailed excavation of this site. The aim of this search is to find evidence that could finally shed light on what happened to Catrice Lee. My dad was like, Tash, she's not there. She's not there. I can tell you now she's not there. And he went out to Germany to watch the dig. Like, he walked around the river when they were searching the river for Catrice's body. He just knew. And, you know, but for me, I I think hope's the wrong word. You know, I, I just wanted closure. I just wanted it to be the end. I was just like, oh, my God, she's going to be there. This is it. The police were going to spend five weeks searching the land, believing that if the man seen at the supermarket was driving the same green car seen at the riverbank, then it might hold the clues they needed. They broke the news to us that they had been looking at and liaising with the German authorities because they had some information that they thought might lead to where Catrice's body may be. And they found some bones and they found some material that was very similar to the dress she was wearing and some material that could have been tights. Finally, answers were on the horizon. But the hope was short-lived. We found out through the press that the bones were horse bones, they weren't Catrice's. You can imagine the rollercoaster of emotion caused by repeatedly having hopes raised and dashed. For Catrice's father, the lack of any discovery at the river maintained his hopes that Catrice was still alive. This was him talking after the search was completed. My firm belief has never changed. Catrice was abducted from day one. Where we should now widen the search is to inform, with information, all the missing people bureau across Europe. That's where we need to be looking now. But without any evidence, that theory was just like any other. A hunch and a hope. Every year there was something new to contend with. And sure enough, a year after the bone discovery in 2019, the family got a call to say that someone from Swindon in southwest England had been arrested in connection with Catrice's disappearance. The family liaison officer was vague. She wouldn't say whether the person was a man or a woman, or what charges they'd been arrested on. I asked a straight question, was it for abduction or was it for the abduction and murder? Um, She got back to me and said it's for the abduction and murder of Catrice. The man's home was cordoned off, and forensic officers brought in to scour it for clues. 
they were searching the house from top to bottom, looking in the garden, you know, with the steel rods poking them through the earth and stuff like that. And again, they found nothing. We can't say why that individual was suspected of the crime, but the police clearly felt they had enough suspicion to warrant asking some very serious questions. What is known is that once again, the man was a former British serviceman. However, he was later released without charge. False leads and disappointments are a part of any criminal investigation, but sometimes information comes in that is too hard to dismiss. The green car, the river Alma, they're recurring themes in the Lee family's nightmares. Could it be a coincidence, or did the two things have a connection to Catrice's disappearance? And could either of the suspects, the one in Northumberland or the one in Swindon, both of them ex-military, have any link to a green car? Tasha and her family believe they're getting closer to answers, and they're convinced that the clue they need is out there. Perhaps in the British military community, who were posted to Germany in 1981. Perhaps in the German community around the town of Schloss Neuhaus. Perhaps someone spoke about abducting a child. Or perhaps you saw a green car around the time of Catrice's disappearance. It might take just one call to bring the family closure after 40 years. Wanting closure is entirely understandable. But when closure also means finally learning that your sibling is dead, it's a fine line to walk. The constant hope takes a huge mental toll. What's proved even harder for Tasha to cope with is the hope that after all this time, Catrice might turn out to be alive. It's a sad byproduct of courting the media attention to appeal for help that some people decide to offer only hindrance. And in the case of a missing person, that can mean people claiming they are the one who have vanished. It's entirely possible that Catrice is alive and has no idea that she's the missing girl, brought up by a new family keeping a devastating secret. And so every time someone claims to be Catrice, it's impossible not to hope they're right. In the early days, when I had a few people say, oh, I think I'm Catrice, I got really excited and I thought, oh my God, this is the end to our story. You know, this is, you know, this all these years we've been waiting for this. And this is like all my Christmases and birthdays have come at once. Then you just become a total disbeliever. Tasha is now very pragmatic when she's contacted, admitting that nothing would ever be certain in her mind until a DNA test. But that pragmatism didn't stop her from being shocked by the latest person to enter this story. Out of the blue, Tasha received a social media friend request from someone claiming to be Catrice. The picture on the profile was a picture of Catrice as a baby, held in her mother's arms. She couldn't disguise her shock. I messaged that person and basically said, is this some sort of bloody joke? Um, you know, this is out of order. But the woman claiming to be Catrice was undeterred. She'd also said, you know, that my parents, my father had um, sold her because he couldn't afford the eye operation that she would have needed. After months of digging into the woman's claims, it became apparent that what she said was completely fabricated. 
and she was later convicted by a court of harassment. It was just the latest body blow for a woman who still desperately wants answers on what happened to her sister. It's now 39 years since Catrice went missing, and time hasn't made it any easier to bear. I'd never had counselling or anything like that, and I think for me, if if she'd have been by the riverbed, they found her body, we'd have known that was the end and we'd have known and that would have been the end of it. That would have been complete and utter and total closure. And like a lot of relations to missing people, Tasha suffers with how to navigate a life without her sister. I think a lot of people, families of the missing, say you've almost got two lives. So you have the life that everyone sees, you have the life that, you know, you go to work, you pay your mortgage, you pay your bills, etc. Then you shut the door and you're the family of the missing. Tasha's parents are now divorced, but as a family, they're still close, united by that fateful shopping trip, the aftermath, and the hope that one day they'll have answers. My mum lives not far from me. I'm close to both my parents. You know, they both love me dearly. They're really proud of what I've done and what I've achieved. And the fact that over the years, I've really tried to keep Catrice's case going, you know. But I can't really, because I don't, I don't know what I don't know, if that makes sense. Because for me, my normal since I was seven has been that Catrice hasn't been here and we've lived how we've lived. The Lees have lived with a lack of answers for 40 years. But they know that, even after all this time, any new information could still be relevant and bring them the information they so desperately hope for. All it takes is one person with the right information to give the case a new push. Tasha and her family urge anyone who might know anything to get in touch. Catrice has a Facebook page that I manage. It's called The Search for Catrice Lee. If you know you think you're Catrice or you may know something, that your allegiance has changed and that you've decided that, you know, our family is, serves to have the answers, then please contact Opera Butte. Operation Butte can be contacted directly. Their details are online and on our website, themissingpodcast.org. There you'll also find more information about Catrice's case, photographs of her taken just before she disappeared, and an image that experts have put together of how she might look as an adult. There's also the photo fit of the suspect, seen with a child, and in a green car outside the NAFI. There's also links where you can share vital information on these cases with the experts at Locate International. They've set up a team to investigate these cases and explore any information that comes in. And you'll find more information about the charity Missing People, who work tirelessly to support the families of the missing. Their helpline is open to offer support and advice if you've been affected by anything in this episode. We can't say this enough. It takes just one person with the right information to solve any of the cases in this series. The Missing is a What's the Story original podcast series. It's presented by me, Pandora Sykes. The episodes are produced and edited by Jack O'Kennedy. The executive producers for What's the Story Sounds are Daryl Brown and Sophie Ellis.
Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.